John, page 1326, if you got Schofield King James Bible, all right? Yes, you certainly can. That's right. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. Third John. Begin verse number nine. Got your place? Say amen. amen. I wrote unto the church, but the atrophies, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good, he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Last week we preached on Elisha, the man who put God first. This morning we want to look at the atrophies, the man who demanded to be first. I'm going to read one more verse, and then we'll get to preaching. Many, Daniel 12, 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Diotrephes, the man who demanded to be first. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Brother Ron, how about you praying? Amen. You be seated. We're in a series titled Getting to Know the People of the Bible. A.T. Roberts wrote an article for a Baptist magazine and he described the conduct of diatrophies. Twenty-five deacons from various Baptist churches wrote to the editor canceling their subscription. They contended that Robertson was writing about them. Well, that's sad. The Bible says that some, when they die and resurrected, some will wait to everlasting life. 
But then some, to shame and everlasting contempt. I thought about the fact that, you know, Judas Iscariot will always be Judas Iscariot. He, he can do nothing. He might do something that causes shame in our life. But there will be a day that another day's coming. We can hopefully make it right. But, you know, Judas Iscariot, he, he will never be nothing but Judas Iscariot. Demas can never change what he is, a man who forsook God and, and loved this present evil world. Much like this man, Diotrephes, who demanded to be first. I've been so blessed down through the years. To have great men who love God and love the church and love me. I've been so blessed to have that. I've, I, I do not recall ever having the atrophies in, under my leadership. And I've known some other places. I believe I've met some down through life. Well, I, I, very quickly you you learn. Uh, A. W. Tozer said it this way: Bible characters fall into four categories. Those who are great, but not good. Those who are good, but not great. Some are neither good nor great. And those who are both good, great, and good. Diotrephes was one of those who was neither good nor great. He's only mentioned once in the New Testament. And uh, what's sad is what's recorded after his name. What's said. And it will follow this man throughout eternity. He was a man who literally demanded to be put first. There are different ideals and different thoughts about what position he held in the church. Some says he was a pastor. Some says he was a deacon. It does seem to be he was a leader of some sorts. But John here is calling him out in this epistle. Warren Wearsby writes, at the judgment seat of Christ, we will discover how many hearts have been broken and churches destroyed because of the arrogant ministries of people like Diotrephes. I'm talking about good churches with Christ-centered and God-honoring ministries. And yet, a person, ladies... Don't get caught up in the fact we're talking about a man. The message is not about gender. It's about a person like Diotrephes. I've known some ladies that felt it was their job. They run their house, so they demand to run the church. So it's not in gender here we're talking about, but it is a person that is demanding to be put first. 
Let me show you three things about him. And my prayer today is this. That if you happen to be a Diotrephes, that God would so touch your heart that you decide today, I don't don't want that said. I don't want my name written and God right beside my name. Uh, A man that wanted preeminence, a man that demanded to be put first. I like beside my name a person that's written faithful, humble, and loved God and loved the church. We see this man, however, as we look at his life. And may we learn great truths. By the way, God put him in the book. God put him here. He's here for a purpose. He's here for us to learn. And to grow as we get to know the people in the Bible. First of all, I see the arrogance he displayed. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines arrogance as the act or quality of taking much upon oneself. That form of pride which consists in, in claims of rank, dignity, Estimation or power which exalts the worth or importance of the person to an undue degree. Proud contempt of others, conceitedness, presumption. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, Received us not. See, Third John was written in follow-up to Second John, and by all accounts, Diotrephes got the letter. That's the reason many believe that he was probably the pastor, and he got the letter, and he read the letter, and he decided. This is not going to be read in the church. This is not going to be done. Verse 1, The elders unto the well-beloved Caius, whom I love in the truth. Notice something. It wasn't even written to Diotrephes. But he happens to get the letter. John is writing to Caius, and he pulls no punches. I love this. He calls Diotrephes, uh, what he is, he speaks of his, his arrogance. I think of the words of Adam Clark when he says, He was doubtless an officer in the church, at least a deacon. He magnified himself in his office. He loved such eminence. He behaved himself holily in it. Notice, he was Power-hungry leader. Notice what he desired. He loveth to have the preeminence among them. The word preeminence means simply to be fond of being first. Speaks of being ambitious, waiting, wanting to be in charge or in control. 
And may I say this? He literally wanted to be in control above God. Let me be very dogmatic about one thing. I'm not controlling the church. Deacons don't control the church. It is a God-controlled church. And with the help of God, we're going to always keep it. A God-controlled church. I don't believe, I, I, I told them, don't dare put me on a pedestal. I know of a church that put a pastor on a pedestal and he got shot and he's in heaven. Don't put me on no pedestal. Amen? Because regardless of what our positions may be, and I believe there ought to be a certain amount of honor given to a position. I believe there ought to be a certain honor given to that. But don't put me on no pedestal. Because at the end of the day, we all answer to a holy God. He's in charge. He's the one to be lifted up. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. On this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. I praise God. Hallelujah. He's building the church, not us. When we take the preeminence, we're saying, God, get off that pedestal. Put me on there. And oh my. John the Baptist said it best. He must increase, but I must decrease. Colossians 1.18, that in all things, that in all things, church, Home, job, business, personal life, whatever you do, that in all things he might have the preeminence. I love Miss Francis' testimony. Yes, God never fails. He's in control. He, he's got this thing. And whenever we try to usurp our authority, we're saying, instead of Christ having the preeminence, I want to be first. I want to be loved first. And oh my, we'll love Him first with all of our heart, soul, and mind. You'll love other people better. You'll love your wife better. You'll love your children better. You'll, you'll, love, uh, you'll, you'll love people around you better. you even love your enemies better. If Christ... It's put first. How many, how many have desired to have? I love this. Some people, they think of themselves so highly. There's a vacancy in the Trinity. They put in their nomination for the job. You hear me? Hey, some folks think so highly of themselves if there was a vacancy in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, they'd insert their name and be nominated for the position. May I remind you, sadly, most of the time, these are some of the most spiritually immature people in the church. Self-centeredness is always a fruit of spiritual immaturity. See what he desired. See what he demanded. 
Albert Barnes wrote the word, the presumption, from the phrase, who loveth to have the preeminence, would rather seem to be that he was aspiring man, demanding rights which he had not, and assuming authority to which he's not entitled by the virtue of any office. When he, he was demanding an authority he did not have. What when I first started preaching, I thought it was my job to get everybody saved and everybody live right. Boy, how dumb. Man, somebody should have hit me in the, uh, with a rock in the head or something. It's how dumb. First of all, I can't save anybody, and I, it's not, I'm not under authority to save anybody. And oh, praise God, I don't have the authority to make anybody live right. I got the authority to do one thing, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. That's what I got authority to do. When we take on the authority, when we take on authority, when we're taking on something very, very big, you're saying, I'm going to be responsible for that person's life. I'm going to be responsible for the choices they make. Oh, you better be careful about that. Amen. He assumed that authority that was not entitled to him. Colossians 1.18, that Christ is the head of the body, the church. The Lord Jesus Christ should be the only one that's ever in, in control. Neiman Strauss said, Diotrephes was trampling underfoot the truth of the headship of Christ over the church. I'm going to read that again. Diotrephes was actually trampling underfoot the truth of the headship of Christ over the church. He was saying, I'm going to, I'm in charge of the church. I'm going to run it. Don't care what God says. Now don't boo, don't boo diatrophies out. I know what the Bible says, but you're doing the same thing. I know the what the Bible says for a second, not this, but you're doing the same thing. Whenever we take the truth that's in the Word of God, and we start putting our butts in front of it, justifying our sin, making what we think right over the Word of God. I know this is going to be a real shock to you, but you know, God's Word's true whether you believe it or not. And if you don't believe it, it's still true. If you believe error, it's still true. God's Word doesn't change because of what you believe or I believe. It's just truth. Well, it's true. If you don't receive Christ as Savior and be born again, told Nicodemus, verily, verily, you must be born again. But I, I, I think I'm going to get to heaven another one. No, the Bible says you must be born again. If you don't go by that truth, you're trampling underfoot the authority of the Word of God. You're doing the same thing. It may not be as vocal, but it's the same thing. Well, I want you to know 
And anyone who takes on that kind of role is assuming authority that's not theirs. Boy, I tell you this. By the way, we all, all of us, and especially pastors. Now, I love preachers and I love pastors. But God ain't called me to be a dictator. I am to be an overseer. I'm to watch and to care for the church. Like a, an under-shepherd watches his sheep. And if there's a danger, I need to warn you. But ultimately, you loving God, serving God, doing right, obeying the Word of God is on you, not on me. Amen. Warren Wisby said, whenever a church has a resident dictator in its membership, there are bound to be problems. Because people who are spiritually minded will not tolerate that kind of leadership. God, and God only, has divine authority in the church. And when that attitude is not followed, it's arrogance. God, the arrogance. You know what that says? You know what? You know what? You know what Christians are? It's one lump of dust telling another lump of dust how you can find bread. And you know what dust, what happens when dark gets wet? Mud. Now, I'm not here to hurt your feelings or nothing, but you're full of mud. Amen. It's just mud. That's all we are. That's all we are. And God says, Diotrephes, he was arrogant. He was arrogant. Notice, notice not only his arrogance, but noted the attacks he delivered. Diotrephes was not content with just being in charge. He attacked those who threatened him being in charge. Notice, it was a deceptive attack. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds with which he doeth, priding against us with malicious words. Priding means a babbler, talking, raising false accusations. It's, a, it's our English word, tattler. Everybody know what tattler is? Tattler. And John said, Diotrephes had attacked him personally. I know how that feels. I can relate to that. Let me help you. No matter what comes and happens, we would all do well just to keep our mouth shut. We, we would do well. We, we just do well. I, I, I believe we, could, we, we would go a lot further down the road and whatever we Lord may lead us to do, we, we just do well to keep our mouths shut. Uh, I was in church I grew up in. 
And the pastor had just lost his wife. Bless his heart, he would, he would get up to, to preach and by halfway through the message, he'd just start weeping. He, he'd been married for years and, and uh, man, it's just, he was just sad. Boy, she was the love of his life and I mean, and they just really loved each other. And uh, he'd just start weeping, you know. And uh, church was very understanding, but an older man in the, in, the crew, in, the, in the service, one Sunday, just a boy, stood up and said, Why don't you sit down? Get somebody else in this church and preach. Turn around and walked out. And... The next day, I, you say, are you trying to scare me? Yes, I am. I hope it terrifies you. I hope it, I hope it rattles you to the core. His granddaughter, he was cleaning a gun. His granddaughter picked it up, shot him right through the heart the next day. We, we would just do well. We'd just do well. We, we just really would do well just to keep this, this trap shut. I, I, I'm, I'm just tr- really trying to help you. But Diotrephes, he prided intentionally, calling people on the phone, riding on his camel to see him, whatever they did, making the effort. To destroy John the Apostle, the disciple that is laying on the breast of Jesus and hearing his heartbeat, the disciple whom Jesus loved, bad mouthing him, running him in the ground. Are you kidding? John, of all that didn't deserve that. John the Apostle was one. And he used malicious words. Evil, speaking evil words. 1 Timothy 5.13, listen to me. And with all they learned to be idle. Time out. Time out. Look this, everybody, look this way just a minute. Some people have too much time on their hands. I don't think they need to get one. I think they need to get ten jobs and get busy. When they were, listen, with all they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, we don't wonder no more. We pick up the phone. We text. And not only idle, but toddlers also and busybodies. Where's, where's so-and-so? Where, where, where's, where, where's, where, where's so-and-so? Where, where's it? Where, what's, what's, what's it? And they're not concerned about their care. They just want something to talk about. You need to go to work. You need to be busy. Speaking things which they ought not. Hey, by the way, at 2 Timothy, I mean 1 Timothy 5.13. Again, 5, 1 Timothy 5.13. I didn't call you a busy body. The Lord did. 
God said you need to get busy. Idle. Busy bodies. What's amazing, busy people don't have time to do much of that. Busy people are wondering where you get the time to do that. Busy people don't have time to do that. Busy people are usually humbly saying, Lord, what can I do to be better myself? Words intended to do harm and injury. Warren Wiersbe said this again, What Diotrephes was saying about John was sheer nonsense. But there are people who love to hear such talk and who will believe it. Isn't it amazing? Let me, let me take time out. A person can do a thousand things right, mess up on one thing, and we talk about the one thing. I tell you, if George Brown messes up tomorrow, goes plumb crazy on me and does something crazy wrong, you know what? That's just one. He's got 25 years of doing an awful lot of right things. Do you always see what's wrong or do you see what's right? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Everything in the bus ministry ain't perfect. But if you look for the wrong, you'll find it. But if you look for the right, you'll find that. We had 30 kids this morning. Well, they're excited about being here. I mean, you hear me in the hallway? They're excited about being here at church. They're going to get a goldfish. I know, I probably have some of you mad about now. You didn't get a goldfish. Well, we'll give you one. If you got to have one, are they excited? Hey, you know what? This church ain't perfect. How many of you know that? This church ain't perfect. Hey, guess what? The preacher ain't perfect. The Sunday school teacher ain't perfect. The deacons are not perfect. The song leader's not perfect. Boy, isn't it amazing? We'll sing a hundred songs. I mean, just exactly right. And we'll get up and we'll get out of gear on one. And it sounds like, good Lord, I don't want. I sit on the front pew and I'll be thinking, they missed second gear on that. And, yeah. I don't go up to Joey. Have I ever went up to you and said, my God, Joey, what happened to that song? Have I ever done that? <laughs> Fall down here, short world. Have I ever done that? But I tried to go to him every week and say, man, the choir's hitting on all cylinders today. She sounds good. It's hitting on all cylinders today. It's sounding good. Boy, I tell you, the Bible says in Psalms 41.7, And all that hate me whisper together against me, Against me, do they devise my hurt? Let me give you a little. Let me tell you. Let me give you a little secret. If we'll spend more time praying, talking to God for people, we don't have to talk to others about people. But we need to lift them up. Let me just say, there's there's a payday coming. 
for Diotrephes. Proverbs says this, God hates a lying tongue and a false witness that speaketh lies. Notice his deceptive attack. Notice his divisive attack. And not content therewith. Now, he's being bad-mouthing John, being false, malicious words, evil words, but he's not content with that. He's not content. He's literally trying to influence others in the church. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren. I ain't listening to John. I don't believe what he says. No, I'm, I don't care what he says. I ain't believing it. No, we're not going to read that letter in the church. No, no, no. And notice, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Can I bring that 2018? When they get sideways about something, they want to influence Somebody else. They want company. Amen. They want company. And that's amazing to me. Not only is diatrophies wrong, but then we give a listening ear to that garbage, then we become just a diatrophies. We become part of that. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning this. And I, and I heard Brother Sexton say this, and it, it really challenged my heart. He said he was at a church, and the pastor said, let me tell you about this other preacher. He said, stop. He said, I don't want that in my head. He said, I want that in my head. That's what he says. I don't want that in my head. I don't, I don't, want, it, I don't want that in my head. And you know, I, I'm, I'm learning just to stop some... No, no, please don't tell me. I, I don't want that in my head. I don't want that in my head. Uh, that kind of stuff keep you up at night. And praise God. I, I praise God for a wonderful wife. A lot of times people will call and tell her something. She won't tell me before till after service. Then later on in the day, she said, oh, by the way, so-and-so called this morning. But she said, I, I didn't tell you. Because she, she knows me. She knows I worry and I think about that stuff. And I, I get, it, it, it messes with me. I, I, boy, I told the secret, some of you want to mess with me. And, and, and so she'll, she'll save it to, after Sunday night service, she said, by the way, so-and-so called this morning and, and said this, this, and this. And, and I, I don't, I, Why? Why do we want to drag other people in to our, our thinking? That's sad. I don't, I don't understand that. Divisive. Diotrephes, not only is he gutting John, but he said, listen, if you don't agree with me, I'll curse you. Wow. He said they would put him out of the church if they didn't agree with him. Folks, I don't want you to necessarily agree with me. I want you to agree with the Bible and agree with what God says. That's what I want. Diotrephes was so intent in having his way that anyone in the church who disagreed with him showed him respect for John 
was attacked. God help us. God help us. If you've got time to attack someone, why don't you attack the devil and win somebody to Jesus? Won't you get your handful of tracks? Won't you just go back, stop at the back door, get your handful of tracks, go down through your neighborhood telling everybody about Jesus, and I promise you, and do that every street, every house, everyone, and, and just go, 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 go. And when you get home, you won't be, you'll be too tired to attack anybody. You won't be busy attacking nobody. Oh, my. Well, I've heard stories. I've heard stories. I've known churches, good pastors, churches and pastors resign because of the atrophies. May I say the arrogance he displayed, the attacks he delivered, but ultimately the, the authority he dismissed. Now, here's where the truth is. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. Did you hear what I said? Repeat that after me. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. One more time. Some of you weren't paying attention. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. That's the problem. He had a defined heart. Receiveth us not. I don't care what he said. I ain't believing that. He don't understand. No, we got to do this. No. So he rejected the authority of the apostle. He was in charge, and no one's going to tell him what to do. I'm running this house. I'm running this house, and ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm running this show. Boy, I want you to know, John was a man of God that God had imparted to him authority. And the atrophies spurned that authority. People that could care less what God said, they're going to have it their own way. And it doesn't take a leader in a church. A husband and wife can have a diatrophies. I don't care what the Bible says. I, I don't care what the Bible says. I, 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 I just can't love her like God said. I don't care what the Bible says. Me submit to Him? No way. And we're literally being a diatrophies. We're spurning that authority. Especially when there's a defiance motivated by desire to have one's own way. The final authority is God's word. Is the fine heart, it was depraved heart. Are you listening? Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. The ideal is this, they don't know God. Diotrephes, where he's a pastor or a deacon or whatever leader he was, he didn't know the Lord. First John 3 says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, but whosoever sinneth not hath not seen him, neither known him.
1 John 4, 20, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? John said, they are evil. And the simple fact is, they've never been saved. Boy, what, it's amazing what a good ghost a Bible salvation would do for a person. It'll make you even love your enemies. It'll make you love those that despitefully use you. There are always going to be people that cause trouble, lying about others, trying to tear people down, destroy reputations, unforgiving. And I'll just submit, they just don't know God. They just don't know, they don't know God. Because if you've ever accepted the forgiveness of a holy God in your heart, how in God's name, no matter what they've done, that you cannot forgive others. That's, that ain't no way. That ain't no way. Just didn't know God. In closing, I'd like to say this. John said, when I come, I'm going to take care of the altar feast. <laughs> Wherefore, if I come, I remember his deeds which he doeth. People like the altar feast, they know other way to deal with them. Paul said, I'll, John said, I'll take care of him when I come. And he, go in detail, he said, I'll take care of him. The idea is this. This morning, if, if there's that much diatrophies in your heart, well, you need to get out. None of us, I say none of us, will ever have an authority that supersedes the authority of God Almighty in our church, in our lives, or should ever have in our hearts. You know why we obey Him? Not because the preacher said so. Because God said so. You know why we love Him? Not because the preacher said so, but because God said so. You know why we love each other? Not because the preacher said so, because God said so. That ought to be the ultimate authority of our life. So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. While the musicians are coming, let me ask you a question. If you died right now, do you know? Do you know? Beyond a shadow of a doubt that you'd go to heaven. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. For just